Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. All right, so pleasure to have uh, Alex Davies, uh, WBFF superstar on the podcast today. How are you doing? Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. Feeling good. Very, very good. Very, very good. So, um, for any of the listeners who aren't aware of who you are, what, what is it? Where are you from? Who are you? What do you do? So, uh, in terms of the fitness industry, I am a WBFF Pro Muscle Model. I'm based in the southwest of England. Uh, I also have a base in southwest of London. So I'm kind of in and out, uh, mainly because my main career, um, or should I say my original career, is uh, <laughs> aerospace engineer. Uh, so I still very much keep my foot in the door yeah. as a full-time um, engineer, as well as uh, dipping in and out of the fitness industry as a professional competitive athlete. So that's, I think, one of the things that I like initially – not attracted me to you. Um, that's the wrong, wrong word. I think like initially I had massive respect for you straight away was that the fact that you have a professional career as well as obviously having your fitness career. And obviously like from my background originally coming from like a corporate, uh, real estate sort of background, um, that for me, like naturally, like I've gravitated to you in that respect, having huge respect because I knew, I know what it takes to have, the pressures of having a full-time proper job, uh, not just like dancing around as a gym instructor and then do a bit of competing like most people do. Um, and then actually like seriously competing and trying to like stay compass mentis whilst in the diet isn't the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, I think when we first crossed paths, um, yeah, it was very similar. We both had very, intense careers in a completely separate field to the fitness industry, which was probably why we connected so well yeah. uh, when we first started uh, collaborating. And, uh, you know, we've, got, we've had a couple of training sessions in the past. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be challenging. It certainly does feel like you're living two lives almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the weirdest thing that, like, the funny thing is you say that, it brings back memories to me. It almost felt like I would go from, like, one bubble of a certain world to another world. It's like you, yeah. like um, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Do you know what I mean? Like changing suits. Or- <laughs> Do you know what the last podcast I did was for the um, for some Aussies for the Competitive Edge podcast? Yeah. Uh, one of the first things they said was, um, "So basically, you're Clark Kent. You're a you're a nerd <laughs> during the day, and then a superhero." Um, that was their words, not mine, but a superhero in the gym in the evening, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you're wearing a different hat. So, um, you know, it's not the other thing about my role is it's not just hands on engineering. It's much more, it's a a, quite a senior position. I have, I have engineers beneath me who I have to, uh, supervise and manage. So I do a lot of consultancy stuff. So, during the day, I'm very much Mr. Strict and yeah. professional. Um, and then as soon as I leave work, I put that, you know, I take that hat off and that person ceases to exist and it's time to go beast mode in the gym. And, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're getting close to a competition, it's sometimes hard to have an easy transition between work mode and training mode and then trying to find time for 
social time and relaxation Life. time. So it can be quite full on, um, but it certainly is manageable. If, you, if you're proactive with your planning um, and you're willing to make a few sacrifices and prioritize, then yeah, you can, it, it's, it's doable. Uh, it's challenging, but it's definitely doable. That's the key to everything. Though. It's just structure, organisation, and like planning ahead. I think and if if you get those bits and pieces nailed down, then there's no reason why you can't achieve it, regardless of what career you're in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say it would be easier or harder um, if I worked in a gym. Um, the theory is, you know, if you work in a gym, you're already there. Um, you d- maybe don't need as much motivation to get yourself there. Um, but at the same time, I have heard people who do work in a fitness environment, um, they, they then feel like they spend their entire life in the gym and are less motivated to but go that, and work. That's a very funny point, actually, because I originally, before I went into the property industry, I was originally qualified as a PT, this is very scary, 11 years ago. Uh, and I went with personal training in the gym at the time. And that actually made me fall out of love with training for a little bit because I spent so much time yeah. in the gym that I started not not to hate it would be the wrong word, but you know, in like if you spend all your time in one place, so I wouldn't train in the place I'd work. I would go and I originally started working for the gym group at one of their original gyms in Guildford, and oh, yeah. I wouldn't train there because I didn't want to spend any more time there. If that makes sense, because um, it's one of those things. If your your head's in that environment, I just couldn't get myself fired up for it. So. Uh, I can I can understand where people are coming from at that point of view, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I almost see the gym, before I became a competitive athlete, the gym was my place of, of therapy, really. It was yeah, my, you know, exactly. if, you're, if, you're having, if you're stressing out at work or in your personal life, you go to the gym and you can take out your aggression or your thoughts and you can, just, you know, headphones in heavy training and by the time you leave the gym you've kind of forgotten all of your problems so uh and it still very much is that for me i um as much as i can see the benefits of having a training partner i almost never train with someone yeah um because i like to get in the zone and and do my own thing and that's you know that's my you know hour or hour and a half of the day that you know, my time and uh I can really focus on my, what I want to accomplish in that time. Well, to be honest, I've been training a little bit last week or two on my own a lot more. I've been traveling a lot. And I've, I do, there's pluses and minuses to tra- training someone else. And I do, there's, there's nothing better than sometimes just putting your headphones on and just absolutely hammering yourself. And like you can put yourself so much in the zone that you don't think about anything else. Um, yeah, I agree. Catch your person looking at you like a bit of a lunatic, but uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a moment of clarity is the way I'd probably describe it, to be fair. The only issue with training on your own is you, you don't have uh, that assistance yeah. to push you. You know, um, if you listen to someone like you know Dorian Yates or um, even Luke Sando, I've um, been watching a lot of his stuff lately. If you don't have someone to, you know, you, you can reach what you think is failure. Um, there's then one. more there's more in the tank. You can either do more on your own or you can do more with a bit of help. So, you know, even if they're taking a slot, some of the load off you, that's still progressing you further than you would if you were training on your own. But I've just, where I travel with work and I'm usually in quite a quiet environment, I'm almost never in a conventional bodybuilding gym. I'm always in these 
fitness suites or budget gyms because I'm always traveling around and forever finding, you know, I'll have to go here today because they've got this equipment for this part of my body and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm always floating around on my own and I can't just go up to random people and say, you know, hey, you, And then there's always a the thing as well, if someone's spotting you and you don't know them, you don't know quite how they're going to behave and it's always a bit exactly. like, you almost yeah. rather not bother in some respects and just, it just yeah. more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. I mean, if I was to ever really uh, move into the fitness industry full time, I'd, I'd want to be London based and I'd probably find somewhere where I could train frequently in a place that has everything that I need. And uh, perhaps then I would start, you know, collaborating and training more with others who could motivate me and or on the same sort of path as me. Like I love training with you, for example. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I'll, I'll think I'm done when I've done my 10th. Yeah. Which you you're, like, you're like, no, you're not. You've got another, you know, you've got another five reps in you and shouting in your ear and pushes you. It does drive you to, you know, put, squeeze that little bit extra out of yourself. So, but yeah, for now, uh, quite content. Uh, I've got, three three and a half weeks left until my next show so i'm just gonna Wait, where's head the next down one? And... so next show for me is wbff world championships that is in the bahamas uh quite a, quite a glamorous cool. location um obviously it, it rotates around it was in vegas last year it's been in london toronto um but yeah uh forever striving to get that you know, world championship title. I know I'll certainly be bringing my best package this year um, based on the feedback that I had from a couple of shows I did last year. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly be bringing my my best. What's your um, um, current training regime look like in terms of cardio and training? So training, I've always literally made it up as I go along. Anything to do with weightlifting, it's instinctive. I've always, I've always done myself and I sometimes will literally walk into the gym thinking I'm going to train back and then end up training shoulders after the first exercise just because I train what feels right. Um, I try and base everything around, it's, it's a bodybuilding split, so I train six days a week and I try and do most muscle groups once a week and weak areas twice a week. So, um, for example, if I wanted to bring up my hamstrings, I would probably train a hamstring and glute dominant day on a Monday. And then when I do quads on say Friday or Saturday to keep them far apart, I would also incorporate some hamstrings into that workout. But at the moment, you know, you're probably looking at legs, um, whether it be quad or hamstring dominant, Monday and Friday or Monday and Saturday, depending on how sore I am. And then in between, it's literally whatever I think I can get the most use out of. So if I go into the gym on Tuesday and my back's a bit sore from training legs the day before, I'll do chest. If my back feels great and I think that I can complement the the day before, then I'll then I'll train back. And then the following day I'll think, okay, well back and legs are sore, I'll train shoulders and arms or and it, I re- very much make it up as I go along. Um, I try to do heavy compound lifts as a basic structure, um, followed by hypertrophy volume isolation work. Um, or alternatively, vice versa, I'll start with pre-exhausting with a lot of volume, 
and then I'll do the compounds, but I'll alternate them, uh, alternate the rep ranges. So rather than going for, you know, five rep max, I might just do, you know, four sets of 20 reps, for example. So the, the important thing for me is that you're consistent, but you always change what you're doing. Never do the same workout twice. Never do the same thing for too long. If you're, if you're doing week by week and you're growing and getting stronger, then keep doing it. If you reach a plateau, it's time to change everything around. Change all the orders, all the rep ranges, all the... Oh, you said um, that. So someone asked that on my IG stories there, exactly what I said. If, if you're plateauing, my like, exact words would just change. Just change. Change everything. Bury everything. Yeah. You'll get a new stimulus. And you can always try something new. Like, you know, have you ever said how much weight can you get 100 reps on squats with? Like, not many people have probably tried and not many people will realize how light they'd have to go, but also what incredible burn they might get from that. Um, I wouldn't say that's the best way to grow muscle or get stronger, um, but it's something you can put into your workout to shock your body, which will encourage the breaking of plateaus. Um, that would be weight training. As for cardio, uh, my coach who's prepping me for Worlds, he controls my diet and cardio. And he basically tells me every week how much he wants to do. So we started at um, 14 weeks out, 20 minutes on the Stairmaster in the morning. And that has very slowly and progressively built up to we're on 55 minutes a day at the moment. Is that so in that's one hit? A, sorry? Is that in one hit on the Stairmaster? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to split it, um, but I do, I do quite a bit of research myself and someone recently that I was watching on YouTube was saying how the first 15 minutes of cardio is just warm up. The second 15 minutes is just water loss. And it's actually after that, that you start to burn fat. So I thought there's no point doing on that theory. Now I don't, I don't believe everything that I hear on YouTube, but if that theory was correct, doing more than 30 minutes in one hit would be the most efficient way to burn fat. And I have noticed that, you know, previously I might have cut it in two. So I do 30 minutes in the morning and 25 minutes post workout, post weights in the evening, both have their benefits. You know, you've got, when you finish doing your weight training, you're depleted. Uh, you've kind of used your body's energy resource. You've emptied your stomach, you've emptied your glycogen cells. So to me, that is an optimum time to do cardio. Um, however, you're then hindering your recovery. Uh, you know, if, if you've just finished a heavy weight session, you kind of want to start feeding and recovering if you want to maintain muscle mass. So yeah. it's worked for me to completely separate those two, do a full, 50, uh, at the moment, 55 minutes in the morning and then just weights in the evening. And I come home feeling, you know, adequately tired, hungry, ready to rest, and I'm out for the night and ready to do all over again. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Nice. All about routine with bodybuilding. <laughs> Day out. With your cardio, is it always the stepper you're using every time? Uh, yeah, this this prep is. Um, I've done variations before. So, um, you know, I've been in a gym. I've been in a membership of a gym before. I haven't had access to a, a Stairmaster. So I've done uh, lists on a bike or incline walking treadmill. Um, and I've also done a bit of hit training on spin bike. The problem I found is the closer to the show I get, when I start doing too much uh, impact, oh, I have an ever so slightly 
irritable knee. Uh, and if I start pounding hit in the morning when I'm not so loose and nimble or I've got doms from the leg day, uh, if I start trying to hammer the, the hit on the spin bike, it can, it can actually flare up and aggravate my knee, uh, which only seems to be a problem in the last few weeks of prep. I think as you get depleted and dehydrated, your, you know, your joints are slightly more vulnerable to aches and pains. So keeping a nice, steady, consistent list um, has, has really helped me avoid any uh, injuries this prep. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I get the same thing, to be fair, with um, the hip like, situation. I find it's very taxing on my joints to the point where after a few weeks, I probably I have to end up knocking it on the head a bit and it becomes counterproductive. Yeah. Very nice to be honest with you. I think hit's great. Uh, it's a, it's an awesome way to well, you know, recover from it. It's sure. time efficient, which is great. Yes, it's also good for you know your cardiovascular system. I, but I think hit would be something that I would probably try and keep in three times a week during my off season to stay fit, reduce body fat slightly, but also to keep me keep my cardiovascular health up, so that when I'm lifting weights, I'll be more efficient at pr- processing delivering nutrients, keeping healthy blood flow, et cetera. Um, but when it comes to comp prep, it's all about just having a sustainable calorie deficit. And if you can do that just by, you know, tolerating almost an hour on a stairmaster, then that's to me the, the best way to do it. What's your, what's your calories look like out of interest? So I get, Nate gives me, my coach gives me a, a diet plan by food in weight and to be honest, I haven't actually punched in the figures until last week's uh, prep change. And last week, there were about 2,500 calories, which for my weight, sitting at about 100, 100 kilos at the moment, uh, yeah, is, is not very much. But so it's not so much, it's, he doesn't give me calories and macros. He literally gives me a full spectrum of here are your meals for the day, here are your weights, meal type, food types, etc. So I used to, you know, punch them into my fitness pal every week and be like, okay, so they're, they're dropping by about 100 calories a week, for example. Um, but because I trust his judgment, I've literally just done as he said. And, you know, that's the reason I have a coach is so that I can take the thought process out for me. And all I have to do is the work. So um, that, that adds uh, an element of simplicity to the prep is all I have to do with food and cardio is what my coach has told me to. I don't have to execute the plan. Exactly. So I don't need to think, oh, why has he dropped my carb meal post-workout? Or why has he done this? Why has he done that? I just think, right, I trust his judgment. You have to trust your coach. If you don't, there's no point in working with them. So, yeah, you just literally have to do as they say. And um, luckily, I get to then play around with the weights because that's something that I've always done myself. So, um, you know, that's my opportunity to do a bit of research and experiment with different exercises. And, you know, that's my contribution. I, I can build the physique I want, and Nate will find me in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With, um, with training, then, what's your favorite aspect of training in yourself? You, you love the creativity of trying to find what works for you. What, what have you found? You found any like nuggets or gems recently that anyone would be interested in that you think are particularly useful in terms of techniques or anything different? I am forever lowering my weight and then bringing right. it back. Exactly. I'm actually exactly the same. I lift a lot less than I did like a year or two ago and I'm much bigger. 
I yeah, I watch I watch people training now, and without being does that make you feel old in a weird respect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Old I mean, experience like Yoda, who's like, <laughs> uh, I used to do that stupid shit, like they're lifting like three hundred kilos, and now I'm yeah, like, really, it didn't really help me. When I see a twenty year old put two hundred kilos on a squat bar and do a, a partial rep with rolling feet and bowing knees and a, a curved back. And, um, you know, I just, I cringe and I just think, you know, people will come to me and ask me, you know, oh, um, you know, how much are you squatting or how much are you bench pressing? And the truth of it is, it, it really doesn't matter what I'm squatting or bench pressing. It's not comparable. For ex- First of all, our, te- our techniques are completely different. The range of motion that I'm using is completely different. My foot stance is deliberately set to isolate or to emphasize either quads or glutes, depending on what I'm training that day. The weight that I'm pushing myself to, the the rep range that I want, what I've done before that exercise, what I plan on doing after that exercise, everything about my workout complements what I've done before or after. So... And that's why rest times and tempo are so important. So something like, you know, okay, I'm going to go into the gym today and I'm just going to squat, get a new uh, personal best on squats and nothing else matters for that workout. Those days are long gone. It's, it's all about how can I fatigue this muscle group to encourage hypertrophy and growth within this one hour window or 45 minute window, however long you've got to train and it and like we said earlier, it's all about you know you can't go in and do the same thing every time because your body will know, okay, for the last three weeks you've done this in this order, so I won't allow you to progress. I'm going to reserve energy and strength and prevent you from going any further because I I am anticipating what you're trying to apply, and it will put a limitation on that. If you find a way around it, you will break that plateau. So when you come back to your original workout you will have improved. Uh, so to answer to your question, I am more interested in learning about how can I improve what I'm doing the way than, how, than how can I find... It's not so much... Fun, the, the basic principles of bodybuilding are very simple. It's more how can I improve execution rather than how can I find a new exercise that's going to make me massive. It's, 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 it's the stability of the the joint increasing tension on the muscle is basically all of it, all you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing that is paramount to me now being an ancient 30 year old, you 30? Is, uh, I am, yeah, I turned 30 this year. So to me now it's also about longevity. It's not about, Oh, I want to be able to squat this much. I want to be able to bench this much. As much as I love putting numbers on the bar, and you know that's a, that's a personal achievement of mine. To me, it's am I doing that in a risk-free manner that's going to allow me to keep doing that for the next ten years without the occasional niggle, occasional joint problem, or am I actually burning out my knees and going to you know not not be able to do this forever? I'm thinking of ways of you know I'm I'm starting to improve recovery, stretching a lot more, going to see a physio. I went to see a physiotherapist for over an hour today just to flush out my legs and get them loose and nimble you know it's, it's all about and that's actually helped me perform in the gym 
um, and, and also create a, a better physique. So focusing more on recovery, focusing more on execution is much more important than thinking you're getting stronger and potentially doing long-term damage to your joints. Yeah, it's always a soft tissue that will go first so before anything else. So I think that's where people yeah. go wrong is they just they think they're hammering the muscle, but they're realistically just hammering everything between the muscles, which is actually causing more issues. To yeah. as well. Exactly. Um, obviously, you, you travel a hell of a lot for work and you manage to compete at such a high level. Any hacks for that that you found with like traveling around that you find easy on the go? Because that's one of the most common... Um, barriers that I think people find to terms of getting to shape is, is, a bit, is an excuse in my opinion is that they're oh, yeah. I travel all the time I can't do this I'm not one place and it's like I've been in three different countries in three weeks like you just get on with it and find a way around it do you know what I mean there is always a a best case scenario uh, you can always make the most of what you yeah. have for me if you can get away with packing a shitload of whey protein and liquid egg whites, you know, freeze a couple of bottles or cartons and put them in your suitcase and bring them with you. That's uh, always, it's always about keeping in high quality, low calorie protein. And then everything else is quite easily attainable. So you can go to a restaurant and just order a salad. If you've got, you know, you can, or should I say, if I'm going away and I'm on prep, I still stick to my exact plan. If I go away and I'm off season, the only thing I really focus on is not going over the top on carbohydrates. Yeah, so enough you, protein and just don't go mad with like, yeah. the bread and stuff like that all the time. Every yeah. So if you keep your protein intake consistent, you could spend a week in a calorie deficit on less carbs and fats and not necessarily lose any of your gains. You may not have the most productive week. You may not make any gains, but as long as you're still in the gym, stimulating muscle, don't overstress your CNS when you're on holiday, because one, you don't want to get sick. Two, if you're under on calories, you don't want to end up doing a you know one rep max squat and then not being able to have the food to recover from that training. So the best thing you can do is keep, if you're going away for a week, for example, with work, Go to the gym for maintenance. So you want to get a stimulated, a stimulant pump workout. Keep your protein level high. Use apps like MyFitnessPal. Anything that you buy from a shop, you can scan it. So just make sure that you're keeping a similar routine. Uh, protein's high, and then just make sure that you're under on carbs and fats, and you you can't go wrong really. If it's completely different, however, if you're on prep. So every time I go away when I'm on prep. One, I can't stay in a hotel unless it's got um, a, a sizable fridge that I can bring all my pre-prepared food in. Um, a lot of people think that they have to bring five pieces of Tupperware with five different prepared meals for each day that they're there. That's, that's not necessary. A much easier way to do that is have one enormous piece of Tupperware filled mm -hmm. with uh, <laughs> chicken breast and a, bag, a big, huge bag of salad, stick that in the fridge and bring scales with you. Bring scales, bring low calorie sauce, bring salt and a one piece of Tupperware or a couple of pieces of Tupperware if you're going out for a few hours um, and weigh as you go. Just simply, what's my next um, meal? Half an avocado, 200 grams of chicken and 100 grams of cucumber or salad. 
weigh it out, bring it with you, and just be prepared, be, be smart. Um, and if you really must, I mean, you can't at a professional competitive level, but if you just want to stay on track, just make suitable alternatives. Go to a shop, read the macros, punch it into my fitness pal, and make sure that you're not going over on calories. And uh, if you're off season, then doesn't really matter if you go over for a few days, you're not going to really see that much difference. Um, and just make sure your protein levels are adequate. Thing as well as I, I, nowadays, we've got so much um, easy access to pre-cooked foods as well. So in particular, if you're in the UK and you travel for work in the UK, you almost don't even need to prep anything because you can walk into a Tesco Express or an M&S anywhere and pick up 100 they grams everything. in a packet. They have everything. You Any, can buy anything you want. That's what I do when I'm like, I have a lot of these, these shred mate competitions. I'm going to Carlisle next week. I was in Glasgow and Ireland and wherever, but I'll just go and buy like, um, pre-cooked packets of like grilled squid or, which is like amazing. And then like, it's nicer yeah. than my own food. It costs a bomb, but like it's convenient. Um, yeah, it's never an excuse in my opinion. That you can't like hit your diet. As you said, it's just making a best case scenario of everything. Because there's always exactly. a better option or a bad option, and you know yeah. hardly which option you're going to make and what's a sensible one. Do you know what I mean? So it's I think that's where people go wrong. People are instinctively very simple. Um, like electricity, people take the path of least resistance. <laughs> it's like the human body. That's why people cheat their rep yeah. by cheat form. Yeah, exactly. If if someone walks in and thinks right. I could just buy a sandwich. It's one, it's cheap. Two, it's easy to eat. And three, it's, you don't have to think about it. You pick it up and you buy it and you eat it. That, that's, that's a path of least resistance. The opposite would be, okay, well, what macros do I need? Okay, well, I need that packet of chicken. Now I need veg. Well, I need to go with that packet of salad. So I'm going to buy these things and co combine them to meet my macros. So if you have the willpower to stay on track, then you will. You just need to think about it. Um, and like you said, if you live in a country like England, you have no excuse because any Marks Spencer's, Tesco's will probably have every cooked meat under the sun available. Some of them even now have salad bars, you know, where you can actually make your own salad. Uh, and it is made very easy for you to decide exactly what you want to eat. Um, you don't have to go to McDonald's. You don't have to go to the pub. You you can do whatever you want. It's completely up to you. Yeah, it's your choice and your actions will will determine your results essentially and that's where I think where everyone goes wrong really. Yes, definitely, yeah. But um, So tying that all up, with yourself, what are your future plans then? Have you got anything else big planned? Obviously you've got the next show coming up. But anything else down the line? Short-term plans, uh, of course, Worlds is my sort of annual show of the year um it's been my dream for the last few years to be the world champion so putting all my emphasis into that um immediately after that show i'm off to meet my sponsors vpi sports in miami um as they're only an hour from palmas so gonna pop out there and go to the headquarters which will be a first time for me and meet the team and get some content so that'll be exciting and then, to be perfectly honest, um, in terms of bodybuilding and fitness, I don't have any plans as such after that. I kind of just 
put all of my emphasis into my show. And then I have this sudden sense of freedom and opportunity afterwards where I think, well, what do I want to do next? And I won't actually know until after that show. I'm a bit blindsided. Um, but I do have a lot going on at work. Um, like I've got a lot of training courses to go away on. I've got a lot of work coming in. I've got a lot of opportunities to take um, uh, a broad spectrum of um, career development that I'm going to focus on. So when I'm on prep, I sometimes put everything into prep. And I don't necessarily put the rest of my life on hold because that would be impossible. But I sometimes press my enthusiasm into certain aspects like personal career development um, until the after the show. So after the show, I can really then say, right, okay, I can divert that energy and attention to my, my day job now and actually start uh, thriving in that field. So that's how I feel like I have two different lives. When I'm on prep, it's all about the show. And then when I'm not on prep, I'll still be training every day. I'll still be dieting. But all of that drive and emphasis will go into another task. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I'll keep doing Worlds until, uh, until I'm world champion. Um, and I'm just going to keep this. trying. There is one thing that I haven't yet stepped into, which I'd like to, is I would like to set up a YouTube channel. Because um, a lot of people who meet me at expos or shows um, say that I come across very different in person than I do on social media. Yeah. Um, so the, you can learn a lot from me just by the way I compose myself or, or, or come across or speak, um, which I don't portray much on Instagram, for example. So I would like to try and put out some informative content, some entertaining content, and just, just reveal a bit more about who okay. I am and what I'm about. Um, so that's probably going to be a focus of mine from, a you know, building my profile as a, as a person in the fitness industry, which could be successful. It might flop either way. I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. Mate, it's, a, it's a huge space space for someone like yourself, I think in the industry, because there's so few people who have such a well-rounded background as yourself. You're well-educated. And I think that in itself is a massive selling point. So to you why I initially bought into you straight away as a person, I had huge respect for that. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent you should do it. And I'm sure that everyone would, would love to have you on board and we'll, um, we'll get, when, after your show, we'll get some training in, uh, and some videos, we'll film some stuff together and maybe go somewhere, do something cool. I'll be well up for that. Yeah. Even like, um, if there's one thing I'm very good at is eating challenges um, Mate, some, I, te- some- I tell you what, I had, um, there's a woman called Leah Shudkiva, uh, I hope I pronounced her name right, uh, who I also have on the podcast, who is a professional eater and she was on like the channel four big eaters program and she oh, was yeah. trying, to get, trying to get me in on it. And I was like, I can definitely eat more than you. I'm not having that. So <laughs> I can like, after we're all like happy of being lean. So maybe like October, November coming towards Christmas, we should yeah. arrange, we'll arrange oh, yes. that, we'll film it. I am going to need some training time because I'm, I'm extremely blessed that this prep I have had zero appetite, which is perfect when you're on a diet. Um, but I've actually, when I've had a cheat meal, I've actually been full after quite a small and insignificant meal, which is great for the prep purposes, but it's shocking me because I used to put away 10,000 calories in an hour or two 
And, you know, anyone who's witnessed this, no, not many people, you know, like, oh, yeah, sure you did. So anyone with the crap you do on IG stories before, like crap, so <laughs> cheat meals, and, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty large. I, I, I just seem to have, especially straight after a comp, I seem to just have this bottomless pit and just can keep eating. But I think things might be a bit different this year. I, I don't seem to have much of an appetite um, this year, which is very strange for me. Um, so yeah, a bit of training time. Uh, I want to stay lean for September and August, uh, obviously after the show, make the most of actually all this work I've put into getting in shape. Uh, but then yeah, October, November, or even Christmas, I will certainly be indulging in a nice, happy, fat and healthy, uh, off season. So get some food challenges in then for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll get those books in the diary. And to finish up, obviously you're the, hopefully assumed to be world champion at the WBFF Pro. Um, what would you say is your biggest tip for anyone looking to get into compete? Because obviously a lot of people that can sit on the fence about it for a long time and it's a difficult decision. Where, where would you say they, they go to start off with? My first thing, and I'm not, this is not me, I don't really do comp prep, would be to find, don't do it yourself, get a, get a coach would be the, the greatest thing. You can yeah, that, that is a good tip. My... My first, very first tip would be go and watch a show. Now, I never, I didn't do this, so obviously I'm not Jumped my own advice. Hypocrite we have. I would say go to a show and see what you like. Watch the categories, see, you know, some people will think, you know, you could watch, you could watch one federation and say, oh, I really like this style, or you might say, oh, no, I don't like this. It's too, too formal and, you know, they look like robots, whereas, you know, you get, if you like, um, you know, I'm not I'm saying one is better than the other, but you have to find what's right for you. So for me, the WBFF is great for me because it's not a fixed, rigid structure. You can basically pose how you want. You can show off your strengths and hide your weaknesses. You can, there's no mandatory poses. You, the, you, you've obviously got your front side, back side, etc. Um, but you you choose how you want to present your physique, which is to me great. But but also because of my genetic structure, I fell into muscle model very well without trying. I didn't I didn't think oh here's a category that I want to look like. I thought okay here's the physique I have. Here's the potential I have to do well in uh, this category. So that's that's how I ended up picking muscle model for WBFF along with the advice from other competitors. So I'd say first go and watch a few shows and pick one, what would I fit well in? And two, what do I want to do? Don't just go and do something because it's the most popular or because it's the easiest. Decide who do you want to be? Do you want to be men's physique? Do you want to be muscle model? Do you want to be men's open bodybuilding? Once you've made that decision, then yes, find a coach who specializes in that federation or that body type or that uh, field of um, fitness uh, or bodybuilding and say, I would like to do this show, and here's where I, here's my starting point, and this is what I want to do well in. Hire a coach, plan, book, register yourself for a show, and just go and do it. There is no disadvantage or, or um, bad reason why you shouldn't just go. Start with an amateur federation, you know, something small, uh, one of the, the smaller ones, or if you feel confident enough to go straight into you know, one of the, the, the national WBFF shows or, or whatever it is that you want to do, register for that show, give it your all, 
And worst case scenario, you might not win the show, but you will then have a datum for where do I need to go next? And you can use the stage photography, you can use the judges' feedback, and your coach will tell you, okay, you didn't do as well because this guy was a bit bigger than you, or this guy was a bit more conditioned than you, or your posing sucked, or, you know, whatever it is, go and do it, get your feedback. Uh, Not everyone, you know, is successful straight away, but how else are you going to know what improvements you need to make unless you actually just go and do it? So that would be my advice for anyone thinking about it is absolutely grab it and go for it. Take the ball by the horns, take action and just do it. That's it. Cool. So um, we'll wrap it up there, Alex. So thank you so much for your time. Now, where can everyone find you? So I do most of my um, social media presence on Instagram, which is Alex Davies official. Um, that's probably, if you want to reach out to me and message me or follow me, that's, that's where I use, that's my central hub for everything. So I do share things on Facebook and Twitter, but um, that is, you know, where I respond to messages and post on a daily basis and keep everyone up to date with my, uh, what I'm up to. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So if you don't already go give Alex a follow guys. And uh, if you have any other questions, I'll drop his uh, IG tag as well in the notes below for the podcast. I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed this and we'll try and get some training footage and videos in after Alex has done his show and he's uh, got some more calories in so I don't kill him. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you very much for having me on, Charlie. Pleasure, my man. I'll speak soon.